What is up, Fathom fam? Thank you for listening and supporting the Fathom Church podcast. Remember, you can always connect with us at fathomchurchjacks.com and on all your social media platforms as well as on YouTube. We just want to let you know about a new weekly podcast that is now available to you called Fathom Beyond Sunday. Very different from our normal sermon podcast, really just um, some casual, engaging conversation on faith, life, and following Jesus between Monday and Saturday, not just on Sunday. Good morning, Fathom Church, online and in the room. It's so good to see you. What a, a beautiful group of people uh, this morning in the room. Can we show some love to our Fathom family online? We're thinking of you and praying for you today. Uh, I hate that we can't all be together in the same room, but uh, we know that, that God's church is not limited to a building. It's not limited to, to one space. It is the movement of God's people all throughout the world. And uh, I get really excited uh, about this holiday season. I think it's a time in which it can activate the body of Christ. I really believe it is. I, I love to just see uh, not only what our church is doing, but what other churches are doing in the community. Other churches are taking uh, advantage of this time to just give back, to serve meals. I, I've heard of so many churches doing some things like we're doing. It's not about our thing, what we're doing. It's about what God's doing in the world, that we get to be a part of that. So I want to thank all of you for giving. Uh, your generosity allows us to, to do events like this and feed people. And so I hope that as you exit, uh, maybe you can pull it up on your Church Center app or as you exit, there's some sign-up sheets to be a part of next week. Uh, you can register for that online. We need to know who's coming to make sure we got food for you when you show up. We got a, a catered meal. If that meal doesn't work for you, feel free to BYOF. Bring your own food. You know what I mean? Bring your own box lunch if you don't, uh, or, or a brunch if you want to do that. Nobody's going to judge us. So, but we're looking forward to that. It's going to be supposed to be beautiful weather. It's just a fun day just to be together as a family. If you're new here, what a cool day to connect and meet people and just sit around the table and really get to know some people. Uh, you're really going to enjoy that. It's uh, next Sunday, so we won't be in here. We'll be out there in the field uh, early in the morning getting set up, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, man, I'm excited uh, uh, to, to speak to you today, excited to, to hear God's Word, to be able to preach God's Word. Uh, about a week and a half ago, my dad had uh, his second major back surgery, and he sent me a, a link on um, like what was going on with his procedure, and so it got my brain thinking a lot about like the medical, like medical stuff. And so um, I, uh, as I was preparing, I started getting in like this trail of, of stuff. And I started learning, um, when it comes to science, I started learning about something called atherosclerosis. Anybody ever heard of that word, atherosclerosis? Yeah, yeah, I hadn't heard of it either. But when I started studying it, I was like, oh yeah, I know what that is. I just didn't know the big fancy word. I think they have a picture of kind of what atherosclerosis is. Do you have that for me? You can throw that picture up. Uh, here. It, it's basically a blockage in the arteries. It's a, it's a blockage in the arteries that takes place, uh, basically a buildup of plaque. And, and so that buildup of plaque takes place, because we've all heard of somebody who got a stent. Anybody heard of that? Or, or you've heard of angioplasty? You've probably heard of it. All right, so that has to do with, with this condition. It's a buildup of, of plaque in the, uh, in the arteries that flow into the heart that, that begin to constrain the heart and don't allow, allow uh, you know, uh, blood flow to, to go in um, or to block it partially or completely to the heart. I was watching a, a pastor friend, I was watching his service online, and he was talking about a guy in his church who was in, in the service who recently had, um, had gotten COVID, and uh, they went into the hospital, and they found a 100% blockage in what they call the widow maker. 
100% blockage. So, you know, COVID's, you know, killing a lot of people. It, it saved his life. It saved his life. He, he would have been dead because there was this blockage um, in, uh, in one of his arteries. And so, um, I, so I just began to dig on this. And I'm like, okay, so how does that, what's plaque, first of all? Like, like my teeth? I'm like, well, really what it is, it's a buildup. And really how it starts is there's damage to the cell wall, like to, to the walls of the artery. There's damage that happens. And, and this can come through a lot of different things. Things like smoking that are, you know, putting in pollutants in our body or high blood pressure, right? Stress or, or maybe family history or inactivity, right? Just not moving, extra infection. Like again, outside, outside influence that gets in there, it damages the the walls of the artery, and then begin to clog up. It sounds like some of us are going to be a little bit encouraged to get out and run, <laughs> right? Like I, I need, I, as I was going through this, I, I'm like, I really do need to get running, you know, or I'm going to have some blockages here. I need to do something about this stress that I'm feeling. Why, am I, why is my eye twitching? Anybody ever have your eye twitch because of stress? Yeah, I got that going on, so feel fine during the day, but then my eyes going crazy all, all the time, all the same. So uh, God began to speak to me as I was doing this random research off of my dad's surgery that he, he had a back surgery, it had nothing to do with heart, but I just kind of went on this kind of moment studying this and, and God began to speak to me about this series we're in, the blessing. And, and for those of you that weren't with us last week, we started talking about Abram and how God gave him these three incredible promises, this blessing that God wanted to pour out on Abram. It's, it's really the beginning of, of a picture that we get of God's redemptive plan in the world, that God wanted to bless humanity. He wanted to come into covenant relationship with humanity, and through humanity, that we were going to be a blessing to all the nations. And that was the promise that he gave to to Abram. He said, if you'll trust me, if you'll leave where you're at and believe and trust me in this and enter into a relationship, I want to bless you and I also want you to be a blessing. So I really want to focus on the, the, the second part of that, which is to be a blessing today. And what God began to speak to me about this, this whole arthrosclerosis situation was that a lot of us, we have blockages in our heart. We've got blockages in our heart and in order to be a blessing, we got to deal with the blockage in our heart. And so I want to turn to a passage of scripture in Exodus chapter 16 today. We're going to fast forward in the story. Last week we were in Genesis 12. We're going to fast forward in the story and see how, how Israel isn't quite getting the picture and, and see if we might be able to learn something. Um, I'm not talking about physical blockages. I'm really talking about spiritual blockages. You guys are with me. So we're going to talk about three blockages in our heart that I, I believe we see in Israel in Exodus chapter 16. So let's begin reading and we'll kind of work through this together. Uh, the whole Israelite community set out from Elim and uh, came to the desert of Sin. That's not Sin like you're thinking of. It's, it's just, that's what it was called. Uh, which is between Elim and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt. So just, just catch this real quick because I had to study and make sure here. It's the second month, the 15th day. They were delivered from Egyptian slavery of which they had been in, in slavery to Egypt for 400 years. So grandma and grandma's grandma and grandma's grandma had been in slavery for 400 years. That's all they had known. Most of these people, or not most of all these people for their entire life and, and the generations before. And so they're 30 days out from the incredible, like, supernatural plagues in which God brought them out of, and then they come up on dry land, right? God parts the Red Sea, and they part, remember, you know, this part, and they pass through, and this is where they're at. They're a month after that. In the desert, uh, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. 
grumbled against Moses and Aaron. Let's just go ahead and just let out a grumble. It's been that kind of year where there's a lot of grumbling and complaining. Can we just let out a 2020 grumble that maybe you haven't let it all out? Can we just do that online in the room? Let's just let out a grumble. (sighs) Is that what grumbling sounds like your house? Uh, The Israelites said to them, if we only had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt, they're wishing they were dead. Maybe some of you this year, the struggle has been real, and you're like, I'd rather be dead. I'd rather just be up out of this. I'm, I'm sick of this. I died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around by pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. Do you, how are they remembering their history? They've been in slavery for 400 years. Like, it was amazing back then. They don't get it. Um, we could eat all the food we wanted, but you've brought us out here into the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Let's keep reading. I just want you to get a little more of the story here. Uh, Then the Lord said to Moses, God's saying, I I hear you're grumbling, and I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to rain down bread from heaven for you. The people here, but you're going to have to, you're going to have to go out and receive the blessing, the provision that I'm giving you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. And in this way, I will test them. I want you to remember that. This is a te- God's testing. He's, he's trying to see where they're at, if they're going to obey him, and see whether they're going to follow my instructions. And on the sixth day, they're to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. God, God here, before the Ten Commandments, where God says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy, he's saying, I'm going to provide extra so you can take a day off. You're not in slavery anymore. Can I just tell that to some, some people who are working seven days a week, never stopping? I talked to a contractor friend this week who's working on my house, and, and I said, man, you, you're putting your feet up. He said, I don't know how to do that. I'm like, I know, we got to learn. we got to learn. God set us free. God set us free so that we can enjoy that freedom. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, in the evening, you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. If there's anything I want you to highlight in this passage, it's this right here. In the evening, you're going to know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt because clearly they don't get it. Clearly, they think it was just some natural things that took place. That, that Pharaoh just changed his mind and said, yeah, 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 all my labor, all my free labor, you guys go on. Have a great life. Yeah, they don't get it. They just think that the waters just naturally parted. They, they don't see this victory. And Moses and Aaron say, no, 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 by, the, by evening, you're going to know that it's God that brought you out. And in the morning, you'll see the glory of the Lord manifesting itself as something just so insignificant as manna on the ground. And in the morning, you'll see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we that you should grumble against us? Moses and Aaron like, don't don't shoot me. I'm just doing what God told me to do, which is help you get free from slavery. And here they are grumbling against them, and, and they're pointing out, God's pointing out to them that it, they're grumbling against the Lord, not, not against man, even though that's what they're doing. Moses also said, you're going to know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning, because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we? You are not grumbling against us, uh, but against the Lord. Then Moses said, last verse, then Moses said, say to the entire Israelite community, come before the Lord. Come before the Lord, for he's heard your grumbling. It's just a simple thing, just like, 
just get real, get honest. And so I believe that God wants to speak to us, to some of us today about the blockages that are in our heart because God has purpose and plan for your life. It's not just so you can li- live a blessed and happy, spiritually fat life. It's so that we can be a blessing, so that what God has given us, his grace and mercy in our life can flow to the nations. Do you, do you hear me today? And so I want you to posture yourself saying, God, speak to me. Reveal in me any blockages that are in my heart that I may be a blessing to others. Three blockages. The first one is complaining or grumbling. We've already let out our grumble, but I want to talk about it a little bit. And it's, it's, a, it's a blockage that we're all very familiar with this year. Has there ever been a, a year in the history of our lives that we've complained or grumbled more than 2020? I can't think of one um, where I've heard more complaining and grumbling. Um, I, I have a, a real old vehicle. Um, it's, a, it's a 2006 um, explore a lot of miles on it, and it's been dying on me. It's in kind of rough shape. There's a lot of things that need to get done on it, and uh, it's been dying on me. I would just be driving down the road, and it'll just shut off. It's pretty exciting, um, you know, just to to roll the dice if you're going to get hit, and, you know, rammed into uh, behind. And, and so, um, and so, I, I was complaining about this for a while, just like sick of it. And like, I'm so tired of this stupid car. I'm like, I just, I just want something else. And every night I'd get home and I'd, I'd look up another car and, and I don't have the money to go get another one, but I'm just dreaming. I'm just like, God, maybe there's a way. Maybe somebody will give me t- you know, $10,000 for this piece of junk so I can get something else. And, um, and I was just complaining about it. And I was driving down the road complaining about it, thinking about just how I'm going to maneuver some things so I can get a new vehicle. And, um, and God said something to me that shut me up, and my wife can tell you, I haven't, I, I refuse to search for another vehicle. I refuse to complain about it, because here's what he said to me. He said, the things you're complaining about today, you used to pray for. The things you're complaining about today, you used to pray for. Let me just translate that for some of us. Complaining about your spouse, you used to pray for a spouse. Complaining about your boss, you used to pray for a job or a promotion. Complaining about your church, you used to pray that God would bring you to a church family, and now, and now we're complaining about those things. I don't know what you've been grumbling about, but I think it's important that we lean in and really see what Israel was grumbling about, because you know what they were grumbling and complaining about? They weren't, you know, and I think if we just look at this and we don't really see the context before and after, Israel was not just complaining about food right now in the present, they're complaining about not having food in the future. They've got food. God has provided for them. In fact, the end of Exodus 15, if you want to go back, I, I taught on the end of Exodus 15 uh, in a message you can look up on YouTube or on podcast called Three Days in the Wilderness. They're three days out, and, and they're already complaining. So it didn't take 30 days, and God miraculously turns the bitter waters into sweet waters. You can go back and listen to that one. But they're complaining about what's go- what they think is going to happen. They've got it so figured out in the future and I know none of us, we ever f- complain about the future or grumble about the future. Like, we never complained about and grumbled about the election before it happened, did we? <laughs> we don't complain about anything that's going to happen in 2021 or where everything's going in this world. We, we don't complain about the future, do we? Okay, okay, maybe we do. We do complain about the future. We find ourselves in that same situation. They're complaining about what's going to happen. And here's the deal. God just returns back and he says, no, no, I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to take care of you, just like I took care of you, and you're not, you're not seeing it because you're still complaining, and that's evidence that you don't get it. 
I want to give you four quick truths that I see in this text that God needs us to hear today if we're going to bow before him, open up before him, and let this blockage come out of our heart. Uh, the first one uh, is that God can handle your complaining. He ain't scared of your complaining. His, his feathers don't get ruffled like everybody on Facebook. Like he, his feathers don't get ruffled. He, he can handle your complaining. And in fact, 70% of the Psalms are considered lament. Misery, weeping, mourning, complaining, like, God, why, how long is this going to keep going? But there's always a but. There's always a but. But thou, O Lord, art a lifter of my head. But thou, O Lord, art my protector and my shield and my great reward. We see all of this in the pattern of the Psalms, our songs and our prayers to God. It's okay. He can handle your complaint. But the second thing I, I want you to know is that he can, he, he not can just handle it. He hears your complaining and grumbling. Israel thinks they're just complaining to Moses and Aaron, but God's hearing every little word that comes out of their mouth. In fact, the New Testament tells us that God hears the groanings of our very heart. Before we even complain about it to anyone else, before a word is on our lips, He knows. He knows what you're upset with. You still need to pray. You still need to release that to the Lord uh, in a private moment of prayer and, and let him know where you're at because then it's that moment where we kind of say it out loud in which he kind of turns a mirror on us and he wants to take us deeper. But so many of us, we're just stuffing up our complaint and grumbling and poking it at everybody else. And this is the third point. Much of our complaining is misdirected. It's been a year ago about this time. I was in a moment. I've shared this, and so for those of you that have heard it before, just hang on. I'll be, it'll be over. I was in a, in, a, in a kind of prayer and worship moment, and I knew God was moving. God was working. The, the message had led us to this response song in which it's like, there's blockages in your heart, essentially. You need to figure it out. It was the moment that we're going to get to in just a, a few moments, and I was praying, and I'm like, I can't, I know there's something there, but I can't figure it out. Can't figure it out. And um, long story short, I went through all that, and God really helped highlight. I, I felt like it just took me a while in prayer. You know, sometimes what God's speaking to us isn't just given to us like that. We got to dig in and unearth it. If you, if you want some gold and you want freedom from some of the things that you're going through, it's not just going to always be sitting on the surface. There's going to be some work that you're going to have to do some heart and some prayer and some digging to say, God, what are you really doing in my heart? And that's that moment I was in. And I realized that the, <laughs> when I got that, it was just like, boom, and floodgates, I start crying. And I realized I'm mad at God. Here the pastor is mad at God. I was complaining about a bunch, of, a bunch of things. My attention was on a lot of other things, but I really was mad at as I was mad at God because things weren't going the way I thought they should go. See, much of our complaining and grumbling is actually misdirected. They were grumbling at Moses and Aaron, and really, God steps in. He's like, no, 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 you're really complaining against me. Um, you really don't trust me that I'm going to provide for you. I've shown you that, and you don't, you don't get it. You don't get it. The fourth thing, what you complain about reveals where your heart is. What you're complaining about uh, reveals where your heart is. Because here's the deal. Complaining robs God of glory. <laughs> I could, and so I think, here's what I want to get you to, and, and I'm not going to take as long on the next two. We're going to build on this. Complaining robs God of glory, and it robs us of joy. Instead of just being thankful 
that I have a vehicle. I was complaining about it. I was robbing God of the glory that he brought me that vehicle. And it was robbing me of joy because I'm looking at what I don't have. I'm looking at what is not there. And it robbed me of joy in the moment. And ever since, I'm not worried about it. I literally am not worried about it. I'm using my father-in-law's vehicle. I'm making do and and not worried about it. God's going to provide. I'm not worried about it. But it was robbing me of joy, and it's no longer robbing me of joy. So here's what I'm saying to you. You can break the script of complaining in your own head, in your own spirit. But here's what it requires for you to be able to break the script. You have to know that God takes everything the enemy meant for evil, and he turns it for good. If you don't understand that, you can't break the script. Because when I know that, I can consider it pure joy, as James says, when I face trials of many kind, knowing that the testing of my faith will produce for me a harvest of righteousness and hope in my life. You can break the script. Instead of complaining about it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to thank God for what he's given me. I'm going to bless his name. I'm going to complain about it in private, but I'm also, there's going to be a but, and say, God, but I thank you that you're a provider. We got to direct it towards the Lord, first of all. The second blockage in our heart that we need to look at that I see in the life of Israel, and I certainly see it in our generation, I see it in the mirror, (laughs) is entitlement. Entitlement. They're remembering wrong. (laughs) They're remembering wrong about slavery. They're like, it was so awesome. Like, we could just eat whatever we want, all the bread. Like, no, you'd, you never had a day off. You worked. You got to do whatever it, it, they told you to do. That's what you did. Um, and they're misremembering their slavery. They're idealizing their pain because it's comfortable. It's what they've known. Um, <laughs> it's been a while ago. I don't know how long ago it was, but our ice maker broke. Um, and, I, and then talk about complaining and grumbling. Like, Taryn was sick of my complaining about the ice tree because we just had these, like, hard plastic ones, and apparently they've come out with these silicone ones that are just, like, you can just pop it out. So anybody that's been struggling with the plastic ice trays and your ice maker's broken or you don't have one, they make that, and it's, it's nice. Um, <laughs> but I even got sick of those, and, and, um, and I had to deal with this. And for those of you that don't know entitlement, kids, entitlement is the belief that you have the right to something. That you are owed something. For me, the ice tray is like, I can't do this. I live in America. <laughs> can't deal with this. I got too, I'm too busy. I got too, more important things to do than mess with this stupid ice tray. It was an enti- entitlement issue in my heart, and I know we're laughing at that, um, but there's been this kind of movement, and it's, and it's been a slow spectrum. Like millennials have been beaten up on this, right? Some of you, you have employees who you just feel they're entitled, like they show up and they just think they're supposed to get a promotion because they've been there for three months. That's entitlement. Some of you are raising teenagers or a, a nine-year-old who thinks they, gotta, they have the right to a cell phone at age 10. No, that's my kid, not your kid. Uh, it's in, that's entitlement. It's the right, the things I just, I just deserve this just because I'm alive. And, and we've had this spectrum that's moving towards that in, this, in our generations. But let me, you want to know where this all comes from? It's because of a lie that parents have believed. That it, it's slow. It was a slow drip that parents began to believe over time that my responsibility is to make my child happy. And when we 
began to believe that in our generations, we began to get entitlement more and more. The hard work of our generation, our parents' generation, our grandparents' generation began because you, you can just have that candy because, you're be, because I love you, you know? And, we, and, and I want to make you happy. I don't want to deal with you being disgruntled with me or upset with me. I'd rather you just be happy, but that's not what God's called us to in our parenting. That's not our greatest responsibility. In fact, that's the greatest lie we can believe. And we do more damage than good. So we don't have, we'll have that conversation on a parenting level another day. But here's the deal. I think that's what was going on with, with, um, with Israel too. They just felt they were entitled to that. They had had it for so long from the hand of, of, a, of a, from slavery, from, from a, 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 a dictator, Pharaoh, who was ruling over them. And, he, and, and that just had them to, to just think, okay, now we're just owed that. But God was taking them into a deeper life with him. He, he didn't want to just like set them free. No, he wanted a relationship with them. And this relationship, like it was for Abraham, was built on faith and trust. And, and when you just show up at the meat pot and it's just there, it's not good for your life. Just like it's not good for our kids, it's not good for our lives. And so they just had this entitlement that had to be confronted and demolished. God is leading them into a life of trust where they must rely on him for bread every single day. Here's the deal. Entitlement must be confronted and demolished in our lives. It must be confronted and demolished in our lives because entitlement puts us on the throne. It makes it about what we get. The attention is on us. It's got to be demolished and confronted in our life. I know we were talking about kids and entitlement of them, but is there some entitlements that need to be confronted in your life? think that we're just entitled to that promotion, we're entitled to this home, entitled to this type of vehicle, entitled for this type of ministry opportunity. It needs to be confronted, and here's how it needs to be confronted, two things. One, it needs to be confronted through humility at the foot of the cross. The, the cross will bring us to Humility. It'll bring us to humility every single time because the gospel says that I've been saved by grace, not by works. The the way of Jesus is not one of entitlement. It's one of giving up my rights at the feet of Jesus. It's a complete surrender. So the things, well, I have the right to this. I'm owed to this. (laughs) I don't have the right to anything. And in and, and those that I do, I just, I put them at the feet of Jesus. God, I give you all of my rights. What did Jesus do? He's God himself on this earth. Did he take that to his advantage as Philippians 2 says? No, but he offered himself as a drink offering. He, 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 he was humble even to the point of death on a cross. And so we need to confront it with humility at the foot of the cross. And the second thing is daily gratitude for God's mercy and grace. Daily gratitude for God's mercy and grace. I, I, working with the blockage of complaining and grumbling is this one right here. Is confronting this. If we just begin to just continually remember what God has done for us. See, this was the root issue for Israel. They didn't get it that it was God who did it. 
This is why we come and break bread every week. Don't go through the religious motion of that. Like slow down and make sure I'm remembering there is nothing I can do to earn my salvation. It is by, it is by faith in the finished work of Jesus that I'm made whole. I deserve hell and he has given me heaven. That is his mercy and his grace working in my life. Like some of us, we can have a breakthrough in some of the blockages in our heart. The, the complaining narrative can change if we'll just come to the foot of the cross today. If we'll just begin to just operate every day. God, don't let me step out of my bed. Don't let me step out of my house. God, before I give you praise and glory for your mercy and your grace. Mercy is God not giving us what we do deserve. That's not giving us hell. Instead, he gives us his grace. He gives us heaven. We've been given what we don't deserve. I'm so thankful for the cross. I'm so thankful for God's mercy and grace. And some of us, we need to come back to that. We need to come back to the feet of Jesus. And I bet if you'll just start doing this, make a habit of just thanking God for his mercy, looking for things. Maybe if it's been a rough season, it's been a rough year, look for the little moments. I think we've all been trying to do that. And oftentimes what we try to do is silver line the pain to make us feel better and get through the moment. But if we'll realize, actually, no, no, I'm not gonna silver line this. I'm just, no, it still stinks what's happening. I still am complaining, I'm still upset about it. But God, I am grateful for your mercy and grace. I am grateful for, list the things that I'm grateful for that God's done in my life. It begins to break this entitlement. It's confronted and demolished in our life. I think some of us, we need to actually write down the things we feel we're entitled to today. Maybe open up your phone in the next few moments when we go into response time and, and just begin to respond to the Lord by just saying, God, this is entitlement. These are the things I've been complaining about. We just write them down. We speak them out in prayer. The band's gonna come and prepare a song here for us in just a minute. But the third blockage in our heart that we gotta get through is disobedience. The blockage of disobedience. So God begins to provide for them. He does what he says he's going to do. All they got to do is go out and there's these little thin paper-like wafers every day that uh, we know as manna. We are sometimes called bread, but it was like this thin little flaky thing that they would kind of pat out into a cake and maybe toast it a little bit like their morning toast. God was pro- and it was all over the floor. Every morning they would wake up and at nighttime there would be quail. They would fall out of the sky. I don't, it doesn't really go into details. I don't know if the quails were just on the ground and the kids started chasing them. There's always quail. Like, we got to kill dinner. And there it is. It's there for them. They didn't have to work for it. They, they just, they complained and God showed up. And he, he had already thought of this. And so, day one, there it is, manna. In the evening, there's quail. And then it's all gone. After the morning, the dew, all the manna's gone. And in day two, same thing, manna all over the ground. God's providing a good, nice, sweet breakfast to get their day started. Something heavy and savory so they can sleep at night. You hear me? Like God's providing in like unique and special ways. Six days through, God doubles up. Like there's like plenty. So that's so we can set it aside. In day seven, some people went out and they started collecting or they didn't, do, they didn't obey what God said, and, and, and they, they didn't eat at all. God said, get what you just need for today, for your family. And then after today, it's going rotten. I feel like with um, uh, avocados and mangoes, it's like, not ready, not ready, ready, 
oh, like I missed it. Gosh, it was ready and now it's, now it's brown. Like it's terrible. And I love avocado. I love mango. But they're kind of fickle sometimes. And, and that's how it was with this manna. Like it was not ready. Or it was ready there for them. But they had to eat it and consume it in that moment. And God gave them two for the seventh day so they could rest. They could learn what it meant that God's going to provide for them. Even when they don't go out, even when they're not hustling, even when they're saying no to overtime, even when they're turning down an extra side job, you know, for whatever, God's going to provide. God's going to provide. It, it wasn't about sitting around meat pots and feeling entitled. And, no, it was about trust. And disobedience is a sign we don't trust God. Disobedience is a sign we don't trust God. Little things and big things. And here, here's the sad news, is that disobedience is going to keep us from the God's greatest blessings in our life, but also the greatest blessings that he has for others through us. I want you to hear me today. Watching online and in this room, God has created every single one of you for a purpose. And just like he called Abram out from his hometown of Ur, God called us out of our darkness. Out of what we've known up until the point we, we met Jesus. He's called us out of it. And he's got a blessing that he wants to pour out on us, the blessing of salvation, but also so much more that he wants to do in our life. He has a blessing on our life. He's given you purpose. He's given you gifts. And he wants those to be released to be a blessing to others. Every single one of us, you have a purpose. And you have a gift in your life that God wants to use. But the only thing that's going to keep you from that is your own disobedience. The only thing that's going to keep that blessing from someone else is you being disobedient. Understanding your purpose walking in your giftings that God's given you, the only thing that's going to keep you from it is disobedience. And all of a sudden, the future kind of opens up for us. When we, when we really abandon and we come to the foot of the cross and have humility and say, God, I'm not my own. My life is, is not my own. My life is to bring you glory, God. When I wake up and I do my best as a husband and a father, it's to bring God glory. When I go into, I hop in the car that I'm complaining about, God, wherever it takes me, it's to bring you glory. When I step into the office, God, this moment is to bring you glory. And some of us, we're not able to receive the blessings God has for us because of disobedience. They had to learn this lesson the hard way over and over and over again. I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine. He's getting close to retirement now. I remember looking at him in his eyes. He's been working the same job for a long time. And... Uh, I don't know why I'm sharing the story. It wasn't in my notes at all, but um, 
but he just began to tell me that he knew that God had a call in his life and he had ignored it his entire life. For 30 years, he had ignored the call of God, ignored giftings that were on his life. He had disobeyed God. And man, my heart just broke for him in that moment because he's lived a full life. He's raised great kids. But he just knows, he knows like he's missed out on so many blessings. And even more so, he knows that there's a lot of people who could have been helped by his gift, by his voice, walking in his calling. God just recalled that story to me in this moment. I, I believe for some of us who have been running, maybe for a month, maybe for a year, maybe for longer, and walking in disobedience. And God has a call in your life. He has a purpose on your life. Don't relent from it. Whatever he's got, lean in, dig under, and see what's going on. If there's a blockage in our heart, God has a blessing he wants to flow through you and through us as a body and to this city and to this nation that points back to him. It points back to the promised land that he is taking us all to. That we, we don't have to complain about this life. Look at what he's given us, the blessing of salvation and hope for today, joy for today, hope for tomorrow. And so I want you to walk in that. I want you to receive that. I want, in these next few moments, as we pray, as we open up our heart, I want you to say, God, would you just reveal the blockage that's in me? If it's disobedience, confess that sin of disobedience. If it's complaining and grumbling to everybody else who can do nothing about it, and grumbling and really our complaints against God because things didn't go the way we thought they would go. We need to confess that, pour our heart out to him. Or maybe it's entitlement and we just need to come back to the foot of the cross. I want to ask you to stand. I want to pray for you as this band leads us. There's going to be prayer partners um, up here by the crosses. This altar is open. This cross is open. You can make your seat an altar. You, I, I want to encourage you to move how God's calling you to move in this moment. Respond how he's calling you to respond. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this moment. I thank you for the word of God. I thank you for even like this moment that we look at in Israel's history of disobedience, God, how that can be for us an encouragement to step out and trust you. Because God, we can see it now. We can see it. Hindsight is twenty twenty. God, I pray that some of us, we wouldn't miss out on the blessings that you have for us today the blessings that you have for others, God, because we're disobedient, because our eyes are focused on ourselves, or our eyes are focused on our problems and not focused on a holy God who is worthy of all, who has brought great mercy and grace to our lives. He's given us hope and salvation. God, may we receive that and understand that today. May it not be said of us that we don't get it. We don't get it. God, I pray that today as we walk out, we walk out grateful, God. We walk out as people who get it. Finally, we get it, God. Breakthrough, God. Freedom in this house today. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Come, pray, right where you're at. Sing, worship, let's pray. Open our heart. Let God do his thing.
Come on, can you just make this your prayer? Hearts bowed, arms open today. Yeah, here I am. You, come on, we're not withholding anything from God today. He is worthy of it all. Here I am, here I am. You can have it all. Come on, he's worthy today. Here I am, here I am. You can have it all, you can have it all. Here I am, here I am. You can have it all, here I am. I want to take just a moment and, um, and pray, pray with you today in a moment of surrender, in a moment, I believe, for, of salvation for, for some in the room who have you, you have not surrendered your life to Jesus. And I want to pray with you today and maybe for the rest of us, it's a recommitment moment, it's a, a dedication moment that says, God, for real, if there's anything in my life, would you, would you just take it, God? It's all yours. I want to pray with you and just ask that you'd repeat after me today. If you can agree with this prayer. If you don't agree with it, don't pray it. But I'm going to pray it first. And if you believe it's true in your life, just with hearts bowed down low, maybe eyes closed in this moment, maybe your hands open too, that just says, God, I'm, I'm coming to you as I am. Would you pray with me today? Repeat after me. Father, here I am. Go ahead, repeat after me. Father, here I am. God, I know I'm not enough on my own. And I need you as my Savior and Lord. God, I I know just like Israel, I've been disobedient. I've fallen short of your glory. But I know that's why you sent your son Jesus. God, you are faithful. I see it now. I know you will provide for me. Every promotion, every friendship, every purpose in my heart, every desire in my heart, you see it, Lord. So in this moment, God, I just surrender myself to you. I surrender to your call. I surrender to your purpose and plans. I love you today, Father. Amen, amen, amen. Here I am, here I am. You can have it all, you can have it all. Here I am, here I am. You 